Growing and scaling a business is complex. It can be very scary and lonely trying to navigate it all. It comes down to the community of trusted people you surround yourself with. Let's dive in to the Business is People podcast. Jeff, welcome back again. Jeff is the partner and consultant for the employee benefits at Rogers Gray. And we're going to unpack a little bit the hot topic talking about masks in the workplace and vaccine management because the people are trying to come back and trying to figure out coming back fully or hybrid. I know, and you're getting a lot of people pinging you and asking you, Jeff, what should I do? What should I look out for? So let's dive right into it. So now what are you hearing when it comes to the mask? Yeah, the big thing is, so Governor Baker came out, I believe it was beginning of last week saying effective May 29th, all the COVID restrictions are being lifted. And it's kind of one fell swoop. We sort of expected it to be more regulated as we're going to do this first and this and this and this. And it was just kind of everything. So if you're fully vaccinated, it's no social distancing. It's you can gather indoors. It's you don't need to wear a mask. And it presents challenges for businesses, though, because businesses need to make a decision. As a private business, you can still require your employees to wear masks if you want. So we have an attorney partner that we've done a lot of content with since the beginning of the pandemic. And there's a lot of decisions that need to be made if you are running an organization from an executive standpoint, from an HR standpoint, from a people standpoint. So unpacking number one, do masks have to be worn in the workplace? technically not starting on you know May 29th, which is actually the end of this week. But then that poses the question, well, are all of your employees vaccinated? So I would say, and Kam, I'm not sure if you're hearing something different, but the majority of businesses, I know my clients didn't require anyone to get vaccinated, but I think they were sort of strongly encouraging it, whether it be through an incentive or through you know, if you get vaccinated, you can have the rest of the day off of work or whatever the case may be. So are, are you hearing anything like that? Anything different? Yeah, private companies can make that decision, right? If they're trying to require it or try to do the best way to be balanced around it. And I'm seeing articles where people are getting rewarded with beers. And I mean, they're getting very creative on incentivizing folks to be vaccinated. So, I mean, it's all over the place. Right. And I think the reason companies were, you know, they wanted to be a little careful in making a requirement is if anyone ever had an adverse reaction to the vaccination and then could they come back and is it workers comp and there's just no case law with that. And I think just to avoid that situation, it's been that strong encouragement, but now you can have hundred percent of your employees back. It was, I believe at 50% occupancy. Now you're up to hundred. We're basically back to business as usual, starting, I guess this Friday, but really next week. It's one of those things. If you're not going to check on employees whether or not they're vaccinated when they come back, you have to be careful that you're not having situations where unvaccinated employees are in the workplace without masks, because it's hard if there's an outbreak in the workplace and it's with unvaccinated employees, then other employees can come to you and say, well, didn't you check on people coming back into the workplace beforehand? Didn't you make sure that they were vaccinated before? And you know, if they weren't vaccinated, wouldn't you want to make sure that they wore a mask in the workplace? And that's one quick example of some situations that can arise if you don't kind of have your ducks in a row when it comes to really COVID in general, right from the beginning. But especially now that the restrictions are being lifted, we've been working with clients on vaccine policies. I mean, we talk, mm -hmm. well, I think employee benefits, I think health insurance, but that's, it's like the farthest thing from our mind over the last 18 months. And, you know, now we're into a lot of employment law. So we are obviously not attorneys. So we strongly advise everyone work with their attorney partners, but we've been partnering with an attorney where it's all we've done is policy creation over the past 
really year. And a lot of it had to do with COVID in general, people, whether they're in the office, out of the office, leave policies. And now it's a vaccine policy. And how are you handling having your employees come back into the office? And I think our best advice is to be very proactive and, and not be caught in a situation where you have to make a snap judgment given a situation that's in front of you where you're basically setting a precedent that you would have to follow for everyone. So I think understanding the consequences of allowing certain things to happen, not allowing other things to happen beforehand is super, super important as opposed to waiting until something happens and then being forced sort of back into a corner to make a decision. So I think that's the biggest thing we're seeing. And there's so many departments and people involved, right? There's legal, there's compliance, there's HR, there's marketing, there's the leadership team, because this is eventually going to be the standard moving forward, like how, how you have different policies in place for different leaves or medical or having maternity leave, like having COVID is now going to be something that has to be considered every single time and probably evolve. And messaging, you touched upon culture a little bit when you're saying it could get messy if someone says, well, now we have an outbreak and you kind of have to work your way backwards. What happened here? What are the policies and procedures you have in place in this if this happens? And you know, it's very vital for a lot of businesses. We, we work with HR departments to kind of make sure the messaging is, is clear and the communication is very clear and because you got to maintain that culture. And I think that's really, it's sensitive right now too, as well. You know, the culture has been shifted when people went remote and now it's coming back. So it's like, do you have two cultures? But not really. It's one, it's just a different it's a transitional culture. Right. hundred percent. And that's where I think you and I have talked about this, but HR and marketing are much more closely aligned than they probably have been in the past where obviously we heavily work with HR departments when it comes to benefits and, you know, HR departments in turn are really, they're responsible for your people and, and between them and the executive teams, which includes marketing kind of sets your culture. And I think having that all very clearly defined is more important right now than it's ever been because, again, all of these policy creations and how you present this to your employee population, you want to make sure that it's not being presented with a negative connotation. It has to be presented in a positive way that enhances your culture as an organization as opposed to looking like you're trying to put the restraints on people. So I think having everybody connected and having everybody on the same page is more important right now than ever. And like you mentioned, it ties into all different kinds of things, not just obviously the obvious of getting employees back into the workplace, but now it's do people want to stay remote? And then how do you handle that? It's all kinds of questions of management of remote employees for managers that maybe haven't been used to doing that in the past leave policies you mentioned, recruiting is something that's that's super important now where marketing and HR are, I mean, they're almost so intertwined that you can't tell where one starts and the other one ends. So we always thought that it was like that way with benefits in HR. And now since HR is sort of morphing into this other area where it's being hit from, like you mentioned, policy compliance, you need to get attorneys involved constantly. It's a challenging time, but it's a time where you really have to take a look at your business partners and make sure they're, they're watching out for you. And I, I think any, from, from the things that we've talked about, you know, having business partners that are fluent in, obviously they're experts in their own area, but are fluent and can recognize things in other areas and bring in people to help. I think that's super, super important. Yeah. You got to surround yourself with, with the right advisors, mentors, experts to get this done for you. Cause it's, there's no way around it. 
it has to get done. It has to get done right and hopefully done right the first time. But I think people have to have a little bit of flexibility to evolve it, but hopefully you can get 90% of it right. It's new for everyone for the first time. And it's just, you just got to dive in and get it done. And I think the biggest lesson we can take away again is like you mentioned, be proactive. So paid family medical leave started this January. We thought that was going to be the big problem for 2021. And we were way wrong there with uh, COVID and everything happening, but we were still catching some organizations that didn't have those, you mentioned leave policies, didn't have their leave policies clearly defined. And now that people can go out on this paid leave, companies are in positions where someone's coming to them, asking them a question of, hey, can I do this for leave? And they don't have it clearly defined. So whatever their answer to that question is, sets a precedent of that's how you have to handle it with every other employee moving forward. And we found on multiple occasions, the way companies handled it, had they spent some time planning, they would have done things differently. So now it kind of puts them between a a rock and a hard place. And that's where you don't want to be in that position as employees are coming back to the office with COVID and vaccines and masks and all this other stuff. You want to have a very clearly laid out plan so that when employees come back, they know what to expect. Ideally, they know what to expect before they come back. Um, which doesn't give employers all that much time. I mean, we're midweek and starting next week in June, everything's theoretically kind of back to normal, assuming with the caveat, if you're vaccinated per Governor Baker. So I think getting in front of it is super, super important. That leave policy, my, when we actually had our baby in January and you know it was new for my wife's company and it took them a couple months to get back to her and she kept following up and they were still trying to figure it out. And people were like, call the state talk to your HR department. The HR department says, call the state. And like, it was just a circle, but then eventually they got it. But I, I, I think it's got to be kind of this roundabout for a while till there's someone hopefully you can get the right answer to all the employees. Cause you gotta be proactive. I think because employees, if you don't build that confidence in your team coming back, that basically the company and the HR department has everything all aligned that can also start building rumors and it, it starts to do a ripple effect into the culture. So Jeff and I are really stressing the fact that as leaders here, please make sure you guys are being proactive and reaching out to experts like Jeff and his team to get these policies in place. We're drinking out of a fire hose here as well. I mean, it's one of the things where, you know, for me, my goal on a daily basis is you almost wake up and you, you see what's happening today because it could be something so crazy that it might not be my area of expertise, but I spent the last couple of days on the phone with CPAs to talk about, you know, there was a big cyber breach of the colonial pipeline and gas prices spiked for a week and they're kind of still there. And, you know, we, we hear of these cyber breaches over and over again, and it's not something I'm an expert in, but I know we have team members internally that handle that where it's about being proactive. So I, I think it's not only working with, with people that are experts on top of it, but people that stay on top of current events and They're experts in their own lane, but they can connect you to someone that might be outside of their personal area of expertise, but can help solve a problem that a lot of companies might not know exist. And, you know, it's that old saying, you don't know what you don't know. So your business partners and the people that you align yourself with, it's their job to keep you up on what is going on in the world and what you should know. And for me, I know my specialty is benefits, but if I see something that comes from an area tax or wherever the area might be, marketing with UCOM, I'm definitely going to bring it to the table because my view of things is I'd rather a hundred no's than to miss out an opportunity where we could have brought something of value that that one of my clients was looking for. Yeah, and some clients who are are still having a hybrid or or they're permanently staying remote, right? It's like how do you onboard new clients? How do you scale your messaging? And those are the things that we're helping businesses create some videos and create some things where they can communicate 
of course, HR wants to meet with people, you know, in a room, but if you don't have that, that luxury to do that, there's other ways to communicate that and still, you know, make sure you get the message across in a nice professional manner. And we're definitely seeing an evolution in different ways of communicating because everyone also wants to receive information differently too. So you can't assume one way to communicate if it's just written, we'll get the message across some audio and video visuals are all different ways uh, that can impact that message and get it across. Really at the end of the day, the goal is to make sure people understand the message, they're retaining it versus just saying, you know what, we checked off a box, we, we did the policy, here you go. And people still don't understand it. So leaders have to make sure that they're also checking back with employees to say, does this make sense? Do you have any questions? And you know, having either surveys or other ways to kind of make it very easy for that communication, employee experience, you can call it. A lot of people say customer experience, but employee experience, that's vital right now, seeing that digital transformation and being empathetic, of course, throughout the whole thing. And Kam, that's, if anything you've taught me is to, you have to make sure that you're hitting your audience the right way. And we know emails get, you know, they get loaded up over and over and over again. And we've obviously done more on video, but I think you hit the nail on the head. And that's something that we've gotten feedback for the whole past almost two years has just been legislation, just legislation on top of legislation on top of legislation. And, you know, our goal has always been to take that legislation and, and kind of dumb it down to what is important to you and what do employees need to know and what do you as a business need to know. So legislation is a million pages long and they come out with it. Even with COVID, they came out with the four phases and this and that, and each phase was a hundred pages long. And so how do we bring the most important things out of all this legislation to the forefront in a way that's digestible for everyone where it's something that with your busy days and dealing with all this craziness that that you have time to look at. And I think we started with the webinars last year and it was great, but I think we've gotten more into these shorter conversations because it's hard for, you know, take 60 to 90 minutes and sit on a webinar. If something crazy happens, I think that's still kind of the go-to, but these shorter, I think yeah, you've helped me with this personally, but these shorter five, 10 minute, more digestible clips have been much better and been much more well-received from our client base. It's no different. If you have kids, right? You want them to tell you how it is. If you talk to anyone, it's like, Hey, let's get to the point guys. Like what's the purpose of today's call? Or like, Hey, where are we going for what are we doing this weekend? Like you always want to get to the core of what it is. So I think if you lead, we also were educating and training, you know, our, our clients like lead with the exact, like first or second line, like, what is it? What's the takeaway? Cause once they understand it, then they'll read the rest because sometimes that information is really important. It might need to be five pages, but you first got to say what's in it for them and, and why it's important. And that first one or two, three bullets, and you want to make it skimmable. Then people will read the rest. Cause now they get it. If you start off right away, just being very like, I call it corporate documentation. Look, it, we're all human here. Even for in professional settings, we just, we look at it we're like, oh, all right, I know this is important, but man, I'm dreading looking at this. But if you can make it easy and skimmable, the rest will fall in place. They actually say, write it in like fifth grade level, you know, because again, yes, we're all smart, but we don't want to work harder than we need to. Content that's actually written in very, very easy terms, like fifth grade level will get understood much much quicker as well. So my last question here for you, Jeff, because you're talking to a lot of people here. So in summary, like what are the biggest takeaways? Like what are some tactical things that you're seeing or things that, that you're, if it's not tactical, just like the biggest takeaways that you're seeing so that people who are listening, they can say, okay, let me go and, and address this right now. 
So number one, are you planning on staying remote or having people come back to the office? And, and that's a double-edged sword, no matter what the answer is. So there's no right or wrong answer, but if you're having people come back, understand that you might have some challenges with people potentially looking elsewhere as other companies are being more flexible. And it's a worker's market out there right now. So they have the advantage. So as an employer, as an organization, you're almost at a little bit of a disadvantage where over the past year or so, people are used to being able to work remote full time. So if you have employees or you have a certain division of your workforce that you want to come back into the office, you might have to be prepared to either be a little bit more flexible or there could be talent walking out the door because they're getting a better offer somewhere else that'll let them work fully remote. So I would just say when deciding, even though the occupancy is opening back up to 100%, I would be very strategic with the potential populations of employees that you bring back to physically back to the office. And you know, if there is a way to be more flexible, I think now is the time as an employer to show that flexibility. You will set yourself apart as an employer of choice. Those, that's kind of the, the phrase we always use, the employer of choice with more flexibility. The caveat to that, though, is your management team might not necessarily be used to managing a team that's working remotely. I know Com and I have a joint partner who provides management training you know, the twofold management training, sort of the, the actual performance-based management, how do you actually manage someone's, you know, what the, the work that they're doing versus the time that they're doing it when they're remote, when you, you're not really there to see what's going on, but then also manage the, that, that work-life blend, are kids coming and going, can people work some in the morning, take a couple hours off in the middle of the day, some in the afternoon, you know, what is the new workday going to look like? Because through COVID, at least I've always been remote, but the workday just never ended for me. It started the second I woke up and kind of ended the second I went to bed. And that's not necessarily a good thing in the long term. So, you know, understanding how to potentially handle a workforce that's staying partially remote or not. So those two things kind of go hand in hand. But then the other thing is just policy development. I know it's, it's boring, it's dry, but it's so important to be in front of it you can make an informed decision as an organization before you're sort of uh, put on the spot and then how to communicate that to your employees in a positive way um, so that everyone understands and everyone is behind whatever movement that you're trying to make as a company. So I think that's the biggest thing. That's probably best practices in general. We've been kind of touting that ever since COVID started, make sure whatever you do, it's being clearly documented. You're thinking it through and then employees know. So I think those are the biggest things. The, the returning to work has a couple of caveats. We talked about the masks and vaccines and dealing with, do you want employees to show their vaccine card when they come in so you know they're vaccinated? Is it on the honor system? Do they have to sign something? If it is on the honor system, that way if, if someone might fib just to say that they got it, but they might just not want to wear a mask at work, how do you handle that? So there's a lot of things to, to potentially consider with how you're developing this return to work, this return to work sort of situation as we're getting into it at the beginning of next month. Ultimately, at the end of the day, like what you're saying in summary is like just having policies in place will help give you a clear roadmap. So there's, there's no gray area, right? So it's just easy to define and it, it, it puts the pressure off of hopefully everyone within the company because you, you have clear defined policies around all this stuff. So that was a great session. I know we can go a lot deeper and we have a lot more episodes in the future to, to unpack this as this evolves. We're going to update everyone who's following us. If people have questions, Jeff, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? 
Yeah, so I'm very active on my LinkedIn channel. So if you just look at Jeff Bastian, obviously at Rogers Gray, you can find me on there. I usually have little short videos. I have a bunch coming up this week, some about employee retention tax stuff, some about cyber insurance. Um, the funny thing is you probably won't see a whole lot on actual employee benefits, what I actually do. Uh, that's not by design. It's just that there's been so much stuff going on over the past year that we kind of hit on the things that are most important. But that's definitely the best way to sort of keep on the up and up with what I'm doing. But anyone is more than happy to reach out to me directly. We can pass along my email through this. It's first name, first initial last name at rogersgray.com. So it's J Bastian, B-A-S-T-I-E-N at rogersgray, G-R-A-Y.com. Yep. We'll have everything in, in uh, the details and show notes uh, for folks who want to circle back with Jeff and looking forward to just getting all the wisdom from you and, and many more sessions together, Jeff. And I can see you're a big golfer out there. So uh, if anyone needs a golfing <laughs> partner, they can reach out to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can see you like golfing and also like dropping knowledge at the same time. Uh, Cause you're constantly compounding that time. So Nope, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for having me on here. It was fun for the first one. Like you said, we could dig in, you know, a half hour into each of those topics, but I know we have some stuff coming, so we won't spoil it. All right. Take care. Great. Thanks, Kyle. If you have any questions and topics you'd like us to cover, please email me at podcast at or message me on LinkedIn.